Welcome to another episode of the Ag Bioscience Podcast presented by Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business, also the host of this week's podcast where we have in-depth conversations with leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs in Indiana's ag bioscience sector. It's the sector where food, agriculture, science, and technology converge. Excited this week to welcome Luann Tilstrup. Luann is Professor of Chemistry at Rose Holman Institute of Technology in Terre Haute. And Luann, thanks so much for joining us this week. My pleasure. As we begin, get a little bit of your background. I know as we were talking, uh, getting warmed up before the podcast here, you actually grew up on a farm, right? Yes, I was, I was born and raised on a farm in southwest Minnesota, um, about as far southwest as you can be. Uh, we had about 600 acres and cattle and hogs and very much general, very successful farm. You are very familiar with the uh, world of agriculture. Rose Holman in Terre Haute, as, uh, as many people know, is really an elite institution, uh, the top private engineering school for many years uh, consecutively uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the country, home to some of the best and brightest talent in science and engineering. As a professor of chemistry, talk about what it's like for students in, in, in the classroom, what that Rose Holman experience is like. The mission of Rose Holman is to provide the world's best undergraduate science, engineering, and mathematics education in a climate of individual attention and support. And that is not just a statement on the banner uh, mm -hmm. that we have. We live, we breathe, that is how we function. So students coming into Rose Holman are not only going to get a really you know, dedicated faculty who are, are really convinced that we want to teach them as much science, engineering, and math as we can in our separate classes, but we are there beside them, working with them, recognizing students have different learning styles. We are constantly recreating the way we teach, the way we do things, just to make sure that every student who comes into our classroom has the opportunity to be the best scientist, engineer, or mathematician that they can possibly be. I have just in conversation with folks from other institutions, I am so impressed with the dedication of my colleagues and, and how really, truly, truly we focus on the students. Students in science and engineering um, tend to think that they're, they're, well, they are very smart and they're not accustomed to coming up against the barrier of, of learning that goes you know, beyond what they can just pick up by listening. And when they get to this level, they have, they're challenged and we're right there beside them to make sure that they can fight through to that final conclusion and really, really grow as, as, as yeah. to be the best scientists, engineers, and mathematicians that they can be. Very interesting to me that Rose Hellman recently added food chemistry to its course offerings there. Talk about what really led to that decision to add food chemistry and, and how it's uh, being accepted or being received on campus. But one of the things that, that we, in the Department of Chemistry, one of the things that we have noticed is that a number of students get so caught up with the details of their upper level classes and they're focusing on learning and doing well and they kind of forget that they actually like science, that they actually love the topic. And so a lot of what we've been trying to do is, uh, we, well, we started offering a series of courses and these are introductory level courses. The only prerequisite for the course is that they have one quarter of college level chemistry. So one quarter of chemistry and they can take this course. And our goal was to bring, bring into these courses topics of genuine interest to students. 
And so we've had things like um, forensic science and sport medicine and cosmetics and things like that. And we've gotten a few students involved. I decided that I wanted to try food chemistry because uh, just a, a lot of historical reasons for that. And so um, people said, okay, that sounded like a good idea. Okay, let's throw that one out there. Well, instead of the usual and expected five students or so signing up for this non-required course, I had 25 students sign up. So yeah, on a scale, I would say the interest level was just, just huge. And all of this is just to get students to remember and to connect with the idea that science is fun. And science is at the core of everything we do. And it's so much fun to not just know what's happening, but to know why it's happening and what's the story behind the story. And and just really bringing into the into the class things that they really are curious about and, and connect yeah. with. And, and it would seem to me science too, science and food, you know, everyone's interested. Many people are interested in food, oh, yeah. we all like food. But it is such an important issue, if you will, feeding the world uh, is, is a top of mind out there now. So that, again, that connection between science and food and, and really making a difference is something that's very real. And I would guess maybe students kind of like that aspect about it too. Being able to apply what they're learning to something that's happening every day um, is absolutely, I mean, it, it's just the conversations that have happened in the class, the kind of questions that they, they throw out. I mean, I, I throw out something technical and then I say, okay, what do you want to talk about? And, and what they come back with are, um, but then why does this happen when I do that? Uh, just some very specific detailed questions and realizing, yes, they can know those answers. Is, is it, it, a new class, obviously, at Rose. What's the types of research, and as you say, maybe the, some of the discussion is, is really being, uh, being talked about in the classroom. What can students expect uh, in this class? Once again, a reminder, this is an entry-level class. Mm -hmm. So they've only had one quarter of chemistry, but I want them to walk away knowing more chemistry than they knew before. So a lot of what I'm doing is just saying, okay, these are the categories of compounds that comprise food. These are the chemical processes that happen when food is being prepared or processed. I have them come in, they get to make a choice about a specific research project. Each student has to choose, either choose a food and analyze it from cradle to grave, from the time it's a plant or an animal to it's something on the grocery shelf or on their table. They are to analyze and do research and identify absolutely everything that happens to take that food stuff and turn it into something people eat. And so of the 20 some students who were in the class, each one of them chose some unique topic to totally research. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the, I can't wait to ah. see what they've come up with. Yeah. And then a few of the students also actually chose to do research projects as part of what they were doing. So I have a student who's exploring the effect of different types of flour on the texture of the bread that she makes. I have a student who said, how much sugar can I dissolve in my sweet tea? Um, I had a student who, who looked at what is the effect of brew time and water temperature on the quality of the tea that I make? I, it just They are all over the place um, in terms of just really digging in deeper into one particular food, as I said, from cradle to grave. I've got to believe that this curriculum too kind of helps connect the dots between classroom activity to real life career opportunities in the ag biosciences, because that is such an emerging and growing field. Well, I think so. I, I think they, that a lot of students do get caught up with the idea that 
um, I'm going to be an engineer, so I'm going to work with with a petroleum company, or I'm going to work with with making computers, or or uh, the the most recent, uh, you know, I don't know, some app somewhere. I'm going to make apps for this or that uh, communication thing. And I don't think they take the time to step back and say, wait a second, this stuff really applies to the kind of things that people interact with every every day, the, the source yeah. of the food, the processing of the food, the preparing of the food, um, making the connection between the high technology things that they're learning and yeah, the agriculture, food and biosciences. I've, not a lot of them do. And, yeah. and this is, yeah, this is a step to help them get there. Yeah. Um, in addition to your role as uh, professor of chemistry at Rose Hallman, you also lead a really meaningful initiative uh, at the college, and that is the Center for Diversity and Inclusion. Talk a little bit about how that started and the work that the center does. So I do have to say I led, that's actually a past tense. Um, in about 2010, the, uh, the board of trustees for Rose Holman encouraged our then president to do something about actively visibly promoting diversity on campus. And so um, a committee was formed and a decision was made to create a center for diversity. And I felt very definitely moved to participate in that. And I applied to be the director of the center. And so I was the inaugural director of the center for diversity at Rose Holman. And I served in that role from 2011 to 2015. I called together a group of amazing colleagues and we created what the structure was going to be and had a series of programs and and coordinated activities that were already going on and promoted activities that weren't going on, uh, created workshops to help people become aware of their, their own biases and who to propose ways to adjust and change the way um, they were acting so that they, every individual person could be just a little bit more inclusive in, in how they behaved. Being an advocate for women in STEM, how have you seen progress or have you seen the progress of women studying, working, uh, in STEM and related fields, and what types of things would you like to see to continue continue that progress go going forward? So when I started at Rose, it was 1992, and it was in October of 1991 that Rose Holman voted to go co-ed. Yeah, I was going to say, it had to be close to that time. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so I came here. I actually wasn't going to even come and interview because when I did my research on Rose Holman and saw it was all male, I was thinking, no, I can't do that. <laughs> and when I called to actually turn down the interview, I was told, well, actually, we just voted to go co-ed and we'd like you to be part of, of that transition. So yeah, the first three years that I taught here, there were not women in my classroom. It wasn't until my fourth year. And Many of those women were asked, those women students were asked, you know, what's it like to be in a classroom of predominantly males? I mean, we had 20% female enrollment, which matched the national average for women studying science, engineering, and mathematics. So we were very happy with that. But the students' response was, but I've always been a class that's predominant, in a classes that are predominantly male. So our students didn't see as much what the big deal was as, as we did. So I would say the thing that has happened is that that percentage has been creeping up. I think in terms of students studying STEM, female students studying STEM. The thing that calls us to STEM is kind of a passion for knowing why. And so that passion can occasionally make us a wee bit oblivious to the fact that we're the only woman in the room. At least that was the case when I was, was studying. And I think 
for a number of my students, that's the case. But then when you get into the upper levels and you realize that your voice is being silenced because you're a woman, then you start saying, uh, wait a second, there's something wrong here. What has changed? I think what I have noticed that has changed is I am seeing a greater diversity in the personality of the women in the classroom. I am seeing the potential for women who are quieter to be very successful. I am seeing just the diversity of the, of the personalities of the women in the classroom, that it's no longer only one type of person need apply. I am seeing less of an sense of oddness in terms of the male students just kind of going with oh female students I mean, the first couple of years it was call attention to the women on campus because we have women on campus and isn't this and now she's been no they're just they're just students so a little bit of a loss of that difference is is a good thing we're not there yet we still have some personalities that are really willing to silence their female classmates, and they are in a shrinking minority. I will put it that way. They yeah. are in a shrinking minority. Dr. Luann Tilstra is a professor of chemistry at Rose Holman Institute of Technology in Terre Haute. Luann, great to have you on the podcast this week, doing some great things there at Rose Holman. We'll be interested to uh, following your progress and the progress in the chemistry department there, adding food chemistry, and who knows where this goes, and the impact on the ag bioscience sector as well. So thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. And thank you for joining us on this weekly edition, the Ag Bioscience Podcast, a production partnership between Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. And reminder that you can keep up to date with Agrinovis Indiana by following them on Twitter and Instagram at Agrinovis IN. You can also find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can share more great Ag Bioscience stories like this one with more and more people. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick, produced by Kayla Chittister, Bridget O'Reilly, Libby Fritz, and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana Business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.